welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Back to ye, Vogus Falcha. Hi, hello and welcome. It is John O'Sullivan from the Irish Pagan School and we are here with another weekly check-in and coffee talk. The topic for today is about sacred objects and how to kind of dedicate everyday items to use as, you know, sacred or ritual items. Uh, but before we dive into that conversation there today, I would like to make sure I invite you to join our mailing list um, it, and also pick up on the free resource that we have available for you, which is a list of good resources. Um, we get many people asking us lots of questions in all of our groups, in, in the school, in all the classes that we teach, and we are delighted, honoured and privileged to be able to you know, have such wealth of knowledge and expertise with us at the Irish Pagan School um, and to be able to kind of bring that together and to you know, have the experienced perspectives of Native Irish practitioners in paganism and spirituality in our own culture and of our own nation to inform what we can actually provide for you as a list of good resources. So it's not just here's John's favorite opinions. You know, it is a list of things that, you know, we really would stand over as a, a good resource to go ahead and to kind of explore for yourself as you choose to grow your connection and your knowledge in your path of spirituality, be it Irish paganism or not. Um, so. With that said, it also, as I mentioned, gets you on the mailing list. It means that you get reminders whenever we release the free content that we do in YouTube or on the blog or anywhere else. It gives you the heads up when we have our end of month classes coming around and also those free social hangouts that we do once a month on uh, online. So um, with that done, let's dive back to that topic. So it is about um, sacred objects and how to dedicate like everyday items for ritual use. We get we we host a number of different communities with the Irish Pagan School from the Irish Pagan School students, the Irish Pagan School community you can find it on Facebook, the Morrigan's K, the Dagda's Hearth, and these are kind of community spaces where we have just interaction from people looking to explore and to connect and to, you know, interact with like-minded individuals. Um, so we see time and again that people kind of pop up in there as like, hey, does anyone have a good recommendation of where I could? buy X item or source X thing for my altar space. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's people looking for some kind of vessel to dedicate to a deity or some kind of icon or like statue or idol and that is, is associated with a particular god or goddess of Irish kind of history or pantheon. Um, and, you know, it's great when you can find something that works. You know, and and again, the recommendation that we always give in all of those circumstances and our community gives is, you know, it's less about this specific item and more about how it works for you as the individual in your spiritual practice. Now, there are some items out there which just aren't inappropriate, like, you know, talk about sexy Morrigan statues or, you know, um, fat belly Dagda statues. You know, these things don't really kind of fit with the whole kind of information and energy that we have about these deities um in the same way you know once you know about the history of queen Maeve, for example uh it would not be appropriate to give Maeve an offering of cheese because it was cheese that was used to kill her <laughs> um ask me about it in the comments for a fun story about how i made that mistake on the the mound of rathcrotton um and the impact that queen Maeve had upon my voice so but 
there are many, many amazing talented artists out there. Absolutely. What we'd always say is where possible, if you're kind of finding something that is of an indigenous culture or that you go and speak to indigenous artists or native artists of that culture and see if there's something that you can do, because it's less than about purchasing a mass produced idol that, you know, just lines the pockets of some individual and more about that reciprocity of like if you're gaining from a culture you're giving back to those native people within that culture and um, so artists like jane brideson for example um is is a really really great person who does some amazing kind of content and i think they have they have like a, an oracle deck of the kyliok i think it is but they only do limited prints of them so it, there are ways to kind of connect with individuals of the culture that you're like working to grow and educate yourself into that could lead you to the the tools that you're looking for but not everyone has the money to be able to do that not everyone has the financial stability to be able to like i'm going to buy these statues i'm going to buy these things i'm going to like you know it, it, and you know sometimes you just need something that'll do the job and that's kind of where i wanted to take the conversation there today um, I happen to have behind me an area that I've set up for the Dag the Altar. Uh, this is in our office space where we are at the moment, and you can see a number of different vessels on it, a number of different things. Um, I'm going to bring this one closer to the camera. What I'm actually holding, if you're listening to this on um, podcast later on, um, I'm holding a small wooden bowl. This is a small carved wooden bowl. Um, I actually was given this as a gift for being part of a, a tour guide. It was a tour that came over and I was delighted and honored to be able to kind of like take them around Ireland and show them different places. And so they creatively got together. I think they're, the group's called the Cauldron of the Celts. They got together and they made little gift bags for everyone who went on the pilgrimage, went on the journey with them. And they actually gave one to me as well. And in it was this lovely little wooden bowl. And so this is a, a wooden bowl. Like, you know, I, I don't know where it was sourced from, but it was a gift to me. But it's a very, very simple wooden bowl. It's not engraved. It's not embossed. It's not anything other than a piece of turned wood that was then varnished and sealed. Um, But how I use this simple wooden bowl is this is my travel cauldron <laughs> as a doctor guy. Um, and I have actually used this in a ritual wedding not so long ago for a friend of ours um, where I wasn't actually supposed to be involved in their wedding ritual at all. But the person who was supposed to stand in for the dag that wasn't able to make it that day. And out of nowhere, the bride was like, John, you're a dag guy. Can you do this thing for me? And I'm like, I'm happy to do that thing for you. And I had happened to bring this. I just I popped. I didn't know why I put this in my bag when I was packing, but I put it in my bag. And um, then I knew I needed it. I needed it to be in ritual space. And so the other cauldron behind me is a, a gift that was given to, um, it's a gift to Ireland. I'm just the one who's holding on to it at the moment. Um, and again, I place offerings to the Dagda within the cauldron. I like candles to the Dagda within the cauldron. And it's that energy and intention that I direct towards that. But this one as well is if if I'm out and about and I can't bring anything bigger or I can't source stuff where I will be, you know, this comes with me. It carries the same intention in regard to its use. It carries the same energy in regards to its focus and, and purpose. And this is a vessel the same way 
a cauldron is a vessel the same way a mug is a vessel. All of these things can have a ritual significance for us if we are intentional about it. And that's what we really mean by it. Like, you know, you don't need to, you know, purchase a thing that's crafted by someone in the back of beyond or like you never again see my comments earlier about supporting native cultures and supporting native craftspeople 100%. But if you can't do that, then find something that works for you, find something that fits for you. And then it's a matter of engaging with that item in a intentionally spiritual manner to make it a sacred object. The object itself the 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 sacred object really is less about it being an object and more about it being sacred. And what makes it sacred is the use and the intent uh, that is presented with that object. That travel cauldron, I won't use it for anything else. I won't, you know, pick up stuff with it. I won't kind of just, you know, have my ice cream at home in it or anything like that at all. It exists in that space upon the altar. And then when I'm out and about, when I carry it, I carry it as an intentional vessel for that. You know, there are many people who have pen knives or like people who use um, cards, like Oracle cards, no matter what Oracle card that is, it is a tool for a certain use. But there are some kind of Oracle cards that you can use for any purpose or whatsoever. But there are individuals um, that I know who have a specific tool that they use only when they're dealing with the Morrigan, for example, or only when they're dealing with Bridget, for example. And it's that intentionality of exclusivity that provides that moment of sacredness that comes with the use of that tool. And the same, there are people I have had, like the conversations with people around pens, people who get a journal, like, you know, individuals who say, okay, well, I have, this is my, be it my dream journal or my journey record journal, you know, and, or this is the pen that I use specifically when I write in that dream journal. I don't use that pen for anything else other than when I'm writing in this journal. And all of these things are just physical things. Like you could do the same with a piece of paper and a pencil, you know, but it is about how it works for us in our own processes as we approach these moments, not from a point, not from a perspective of the mundane, but from a perspective of the sacred. And the difference between something that is mundane and something that is sacred is in many cases intention is in many cases our approach to it, our energy, the respect that we provide, and then not just our own energy and intentionality, but then our community, our collective energy and intentionality, or our intergenerational energy and intentionality in those spaces. And that's how something goes from being just a thing to being a sacred object. Um, I used to live out in Navan and County Mead near the Hill of Tara. And the Hill of Tara is one of the sacred sites of Ireland. It's known as the the seat of the High Kings of Ireland, even though there was many, many kings all over Ireland. And it is beautiful. It is fascinating. It is one of my favorite places on this island. And I was there regularly. I was there regularly walking and running around that hill, running around the green in all forms of weather, all times of day and night. Um, I was on spiritual pilgrimage to the Hill of Tara before I even identified as pagan. But atop the Hill of Tara, there's a stone. And the stone it sits in situ to represent the Leah Fall, like the the sacred stone of the Tuatha Danann that was brought from Phalius, um to one of the four great cities of the Tuatha Danann into Ireland as a stone of sovereignty. Um, and there was vandalism done to that stone. There was like you know multiple attempts. There was people took lump hammers to it to break pieces off of it. 
Um, there was another time I was up there and I'd been doused in paint. Someone had like thrown, thrown like pitch black paint all over it. Um, whether it was intentional vandalism or just casual vandalism, it's hard to say for sure, but it was upsetting to me because that to me is a sacred place. That to me is a sacred spot. And I have made my own mistakes in regards to not respecting the land in that area, not respecting the stone. And that's why at the moment, even when I'm on the hill, I I can't touch the stone anymore um, because I have disrespected it in my own way. Different story for a different time. But we have generations of intentional energy and intentional awareness around the hill of tara on that space and on that stone that stone is sacred and for someone to come in and do damage to it to disrespect it to do harm to it like it's not just a piece of rock in a, in a landscape it's not just a hill on an island you know it is it's disrespecting and dealing harm through generations of intentional respect of what is deemed to be sacred. Now, I feel like I'm talking myself in nonce here and probably not making a good enough point, but the difference between the mundane and the sacred is intention, is our intention and is our use. So when I go to the Hill of Tara, I go there on pilgrimage. When I step from the car park up onto that hill through the gateway, I'm not just stepping onto a green grass hill in the middle of Ireland or the edge of Ireland. I'm going to a place that is said in all of the stories of my ancient heritage, a place of kings, a place of heroes, a place of champions, a place of hospitality. Because if anyone came to the court of the king seeking hospitality, they were to be taken care of. All of this knowledge that I have learned in my years kind of exploring all of this is and my passion about our mythology and our history on this island is what informs my intention as I step over into that moment, as I step over into that sacred space. But the same information, awareness and intention is applied to a small wooden bowl when I choose to use it in a ritual function, in a ritual like purpose. Because why do we perform ritual? Like, you know, ritual doesn't exist purely for the sake of ritual. Ritual exists for a purpose. Ritual is created within a moment. We open space for it. We then proceed through what it is we want to achieve, what transformations we want to occur, what energy or intention we want to bring to that. And then at the end of it, we close off on the ritual moment and then we can go back on about the right next thing we need to do. But a ritual that exists purely for the sake of having a ritual is missing a beat. A ritual that exists for the purpose of Gathering awareness to a cause, you know, raising energy to um, support a healing endeavor or to support change or transformation. Like if you're engaging in ritual and you haven't actually asked what's the purpose of this ritual, then you could be ta being taken advantage of by people who want to raise energy and take it for their own purposes. I have horror stories about that in my past as well. Not personally, I have helped people with that realization. Um, but sacredness and sacred objects, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge kind of thing or it doesn't have to be a, a vastly esoteric thing sourced from, you know, anything. Uh, I'm really kind of I don't understand it if I'm just badgering at it. It really needs to be something that works for you. It really needs to be something that functions within the 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 framework of what it is you need to do to create a sacred moment for yourself, a sacred process. And that could be as simple as, you know, this is the 
the particular bar of soap I use in the shower. My regular shower every day is just to cleanse my body. But, you know, every so often I take a, an intentional energy shower to cleanse my spirit or to cleanse myself. And and I will use this other item that I only use for that purpose. And all of these objects, they're not magically imbued within themselves to to just be magic, they actually exist to help us transition from a mundane mindset into a sacred or spiritual mindset. And through that, we're able to achieve the transformations and changes that we want. So it is about that awareness, that intentionality. That is what actually defines something as sacred and not mundane. So I hope this has been of use. I hope this has been a bit of an insight to my perspective on this. And again, you know, I could be wrong. That's my view. That's my perspective. If you disagree, please let me know. Respectfully in the comments, I will happily make space for those kind of things. But, you know, if you had not considered this, then maybe take the time to look at your processes, look at what it is that you do and consider what objects are sacred to you. What objects, you know, have an importance beyond a mundane function within your life and then treat them as such. Treat them as, you know, not like special things that get left on a shelf and never used, you know, because that's the other side of it. Like these things are supposed to be practical. They're supposed to exist for a purpose, but then treat them as, as response to in, in, in respect in a, in a reciprocal level of respect for the intent and the energy that you use when you engage with these sacred objects. And as I said, it could be anything from a simple wooden bowl or, you know, the pen or the journal that I actually write with that I use within these frameworks to help document my journeys or my progress in my spirituality. It could be this particular tool, be it like a a, a deck, a tarot deck or like um, ruins or gems or anything, or even as simple as these are the plants that I have around my spell self. This is like the, the art that I create. These are the shapes that I draw on my, on paper, pen, whatever it actually is. It's, it's all about, finding moments within our life that we can engage in sacred rituals for ourselves, and then those objects that facilitate those sacred moments that is what makes them sacred they're no longer mundane the intentionality has made them sacred and it's as simple as making sure that you have your intentionality right and then that you respect like the the service that the tool fulfills for you in facilitating those sacred moments so hopefully this has been uh, an interesting kind of chat for you. <laughs> As I said, I know I rambled a couple of different times there and it is just something that is something something I've come a long way. Like I, I myself was very much, oh, no, I need to go to this particular shop in Dublin to buy this particular thing because that's the only thing that actually works for me. But now that I have grown and learned a bit more, I, I can achieve the same results for those like personal ritual moments without having to go to a particular shop in Dublin and buy a particular thing. Um, and that's really what it is at the end of the day, though, it has to be what works for each of us and how we actually progress through our life and our spiritual existence as much as our physical existence. So from me here at the Irish Pagan School, all of us, Gaurav Magas, thank you for being with us. Do make sure you pop down, pick up that free resource and get yourself onto the mailing list. If you're enjoying this content, Click and watch another video. There's more of them around there as well. And until next time, look after yourself and slon. Goodbye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com.
and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slongafall, and we will see you next time.